You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. We stay dry today with a good supply of sunshine. Tuscaloosa's high at 70. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild. Showers and a few strong thunderstorms are likely late tomorrow and tomorrow night. The daytime high, 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and every you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. I was just sitting here going through the uh, Alabama record books and uh, three guys making an assault on uh, the record books. Mac Jones, who, uh, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris all uh, looking like potentially they could be in the top one, two, or three spots uh, in virtually every category. Uh, at some point, so uh, kind of crazy to think how good this offensive team uh, has really, really been um, as, as they move as they move along. So may get into that conversation, but it's now time for us to bring in DC DC Capstone Report. Good morning, DC. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing great, Martin. How are you this morning? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, let's go ahead. We got Tom who's on uh oh before we, you and I get in the conversation. Let's go ahead and get Tom in. Uh Tom, you're in with DC DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind, man? Hey, good morning, Martin. Good morning, DC. Always look forward to Tuesdays. Well, good morning, Tom. Good good to hear from you this morning. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to both of you too, by the way. Same to you. Same um, to you. DC, I, I wanna talk a little bit about defense. I'm not gonna hog the uh show, but uh, Saturday, my observation is uh, uh, the people I was watching the game with, we were talking about going forward with uh, with our defense. Uh, were we going to be able to, to match uh, the people that we've got to face by? And that is what I call IQ football. And, uh, and I want to get your take. Uh, you know, in the first quarter, we were like, Whoa, wait a minute. Kentucky's a lot better than we thought they were. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then, uh, the IQ kicked in and we just kind of, you know, saw how they were going to play us. Then all of a sudden <laughs> we come in, <clears throat> excuse me, and they put the clamps on the offense from Kentucky. Now I know they were missing a lot of players, but I wanted you to address that part of it. Uh, the, uh, just, just kind of saying, okay, you want to go there? We're going to stop it. Uh, am I, on, am I on to something there? Yeah, I really think you are, Tom. And, and here, here's what my thought was on defense. I, 
you know, I heard a lot of folks say, are, are we really better on defense or are we just been playing bad teams? Well, uh, my, my point on that is I think we're much better on defense at this time of the season than we were in the beginning of the season. And that's what I love is, is that we learn, we progress, we've, we've gotten better. And, and, the, and the mental part of the game of what you're talking about is that I don't, I don't see last year any time where we made the adjustments that we had to make uh, after we've seen a few series to clamp down and just pretty much uh, constrict them into doing one being being one dimensional. Now Kentucky uh, is one thing when you say, "Well, you played a one dimensional team." Well, we did, but what you got to do is you got to take away the one dimension they do well and make them do the one dimension they don't do well. And that's what we did after those first couple of drives. We saw how they were going to attack it, and we made the adjustments. And they make, I think, 170-something yards the first three drives, and they make uh, net one or two yards the rest of the whole game. So you're exactly on to something. And I don't, I don't think we saw this out of this uh, coaching staff or out of this, uh, this team last year. So I think, it's, I think it's a big improvement on the defense. Well, hey, my Tom. hat's off to uh, Dylan Moses. Uh, because I think he is very high IQ. I'm, I see it. I see his value. Uh, maybe he was lacking a little bit on uh, physical at, at early in the season. I don't know. I, I know this, though, that he is an outstanding linebacker, and it is starting to show uh, to me. And, uh, and But I wanted to call in. Like I said, I'm not going to hog the show. I could. Hey, but I, Tom, I Tom, that's a, hey, Tom, that's okay. <laughs> I'll run you off if I need to get you off. Uh, okay, but I, I, I just, I just think say, that. Let me, let me address your question, Tom. Uh, I, I agree that we're a be- I mean, not just better. We're much better defense than we were early in the year, um, and I think we're making better adjustments. Uh, my my thing is, I don't think we're an elite defense yet. Uh, meaning that if we were to run into Florida. Uh, Clemson uh, and some of those those first three drives that Kentucky had would be fourteen to twenty one points uh, against um, Kentucky. I mean against Clemson and Florida. So my concern is this: what happens? And this is the way all fo- college football games and high school football game program they script plays. And what I mean by that is they look at what you do. And they have a list of plays they think will work for them. And they they chart how you play those plays and whether or not you change up things. And so, say, for instance, you play the uh, an RPO or a read option play uh, a, a certain way. Well, they'll make a note of how your defense lined up against that formation, how they played it, and then they'll come back to it. And so they're charting what you do. Now, this is the part where D.C. and I totally agree. I think Pete Golding and the staff, what they're doing is, hey, after Kentucky went through their their list of what I call charted plays and scripted plays, we made adjustments. The question is, against the high-powered offenses, and, and I'll give some of this to being rusty after three weeks, but the other part is Georgia had success early, right? So, so, so my question becomes: Is can we make sure that we know our tendencies early in a game, going into a game, so that we don't let some of these high-powered offenses jump out and get you know seven, ten, 
14, 21 points early on. That's where we still have have to improve. Now, can we get there? I think absolutely. Are we better than we were at the beginning? Absolutely. And then to your Dylan Moses point, uh, and they've said this, uh, Saban has said it, Golding has said it, early in the year he was so worried about getting everybody else in the right position that he was out of position or he was late in making his pre-snap reads, which made him late in getting to his run fit, which made him look like he was out of position. And I even questioned early on in the season if he was still injured. I, 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 I've heard that, uh, but I'm seeing a different player at this point. Now, I may be wrong. But, no, he's uh, playing better. He's, he, he's and, not. And I, he's I saw him. Uh, I isolated on him. He he's gotten to the point where he was where he used to be very aggressive, going to the ball and things like that. But uh, anyway, I wanted to bring that up. And also, Patrick Sertain is not getting enough credit. My God, this kid is playing lights out, uh, in my opinion, and and just just playing an outstanding brand of football to me. I'm gonna hang up. Thank y'all for taking my call. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> All right. DC, you want to address to Patrick Sertain or Joe? Uh, I know you, you you may want to address it as well. Well, I think Patrick Sertain doesn't get enough credit. I, I think in this game, he, he pretty much played a lockdown corner. He had one play where he lo- lost his footing and lost his uh, receiver. But other than that, he played really well in this game. So I think he does that in every game. Um, but I, I think all of our defensive backs have grown over this year. I think early on we looked like we didn't know what we were doing, but even our freshmen have, have come up to where we have a pretty solid defensive backfield now. So I, I really think that we're pretty solid all around on defense. We just just keep growing. And, and I like the idea that we peak. I don't want us to peak to the championship game. I want us to play our best defensive game when we play against whoever it is in the national championship game. So I think it, it peaking that the way we're doing it is probably the best way to do it. Joe, you want to come in on Sertain? I think DC just nailed it. He doesn't get enough credit for uh, for for the job that he does. Nobody throws at him, so they think he's not doing anything. Well, well, you know, we say he don't get enough credit, but those who know football would probably say the opposite. <laughs> that that you know, it, it's kind of, and of course, I, I make an analogy to to, to me uh, when I played. If I did my job, Joe. They never, they hardly ever would say, oh, Martin Houston on a great block. No, they would say, hey, look at that 20 yard run. You know, when Najee Harris went 42 yards, how much uh, credit did the offensive line get? They got a little bit, but the, but the highlight of the play was what? Najee. And so when they don't throw at Sertain, if all of a sudden we go into a game and they start throwing at him, <laughs> then we need to be worried about. Uh, how how well he's playing, if you if you understand what I'm saying. As long as they're not throwing at him and his name's not getting mentioned a lot, he's doing a, he's doing an unbelievable job. I agree 100. percent I think not throwing at him is respecting <laughs> from other teams. I think right. Uh, what Joe and I are talking about is fans and media don't give him enough attention. Absolutely, and that and but that's but that's because how, how do you talk about a guy? Because you're not going to ever see him. Because they just watch the, the ball, only, Martin. Huh? Because fans and media just watch the ball, Martin. That's what that's you. You just nailed what I just was about to say, Joe. Is is you think about normally we've had how many home games so far? Five, four, five, whatever number. Uh, we haven't had as many fans at one game uh, 
as many fans come to one game as we've had, you know, pretty much all season with 100-plus coming to a, a game, and this year only 20,000. And the only time fans see what Sertain does as a whole, because the TV only follows the ball most of the time, you know. So if you're it, it, the number of people who have seen how well Sertain is playing this year, for the most part, no one's seen him because of the, the craziness of the fans. And you're right, Joe, fans typically only watch the ball – and most of us don't even understand that we're watching it from a bad angle because we watch it from the side. You, you know, I mean, most people don't oh, want to be on the 50-yard line. Well, the best seat in the house to see what's actually happening on a football field is the end zone. When we study film, Joe, we don't ask for the side copy uh, as coaches and as players to watch what we're doing. We want the end zone copy because then you can actually see the holes, the gaps, and when a guy makes a move and doesn't make a move, et cetera. So, I think Sertain is is well on his way to getting uh, that secure one of those top spots uh, as a DB. So um, the other fic- the other fickle side of that, Joe, and and uh, you know this, Martin, is that when the fans do see Sertain, uh, if, if it's called to attention to a fan, it's usually because he's missed up, messed up on a play, and that's the one that everybody remember. They don't remember all the times that nobody threw to him, or all the times he knocked the ball away, or all the times he intercepted the pass. They only remember yeah, the that other, play where he gave up the big play. Because that's the what other people focus on. Plays. That's what the media focuses on. So that's why uh, I, I say that he doesn't give enough, get enough credit. All right. Hey, let's go ahead and get the break here. Coming back on the other side, uh, we'll uh, continue the conversation with D- D.C. I want to uh, talk about Jaleel Billingsley. Um, did a star uh, find a fit in this offense in the absence of Miller Forrestal? Not that Miller won't be back, but did he find a niche that he may be able uh, to help Alabama in a big moment in a big game in the future? More conversation with D.C., D.C. Capstone Report, coming up right after this. Remember, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring, we are so glad to be a part of what you do. We like to help you empower your most valuable assets, and that's through training. We can do it live. We can do it recorded or we can do it via a Zoom call. Whichever way you want it done, that's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring, empowering your most valuable assets through education, encouragement, equipping, and empowerment. And on behalf of the Empowerment Center and the Martin Houston Show, we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks and traffic fairly light as we kick off our Tuesday morning. Please drive carefully, and if you see conditions, give us a call. You don't have to wait until Black Friday to save thousands on a new Nissan. Get them today at Towns and Nissan, your hometown dealer. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out 
by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up and That's how you feel when it's Auburn week. Want to your hands up and shout, kick your heels up and shout. We had a couple comments come in. Uh, Regarding the defense, uh, I'll get your comments, your thoughts real quick on it. D.C., Curtis Moore said, but I don't think we have to be an elite defense because our outstanding offense, as long as we have at least a good defense, I think we can be successful enough to win a championship. Uh, And Virgil said, I truly believe the young defense is learning and playing well. We still have some moments of what we're, uh, what we're, <laughs> what we they don't know what they're doing, but all in all, much better. If everything keeps trending the way it is, we should get number 18. Uh, that's just a couple thoughts from a couple of viewers on Facebook. I agree with them. I, I think we're, we're, I think we're getting better. I think we are picking at the right times, and all we got to do is improve every game. You know, Martin's got to take it one game at, t- game at a time and keep improving. Yeah, I, I'm just. After after what happened to us, I think it was 2016 or whatever year it was when um, Clemson got us, 2017, whatever year it was, uh, I, I'm just leery of of depending on offense. I, I mean, I, and I know that sounds really crazy, uh, as great as our offense is, uh, but one thing I know for a fact, uh, if your defense travels and defense does well, uh, no matter how much offense you have, defense still wins championships. And uh, everybody always points back and says, what about the Clemson game? I said it was Clemson defense that held Alabama's offense below their average. And Clemson hit their average. Uh, and we lost by, what, 30 points or whatever it was. So I still believe you have to have uh, a, a championship caliber defense. It doesn't have to be uh, elite and the best in the country, but it has to be good enough to, to – to, to slow down uh, the other team. Alabama, uh, talking about elite offenses, D.C. has scored an FBS all-time r- record 
20 straight games, 35 or more points. Think about that. Uh, Florida is sitting at eight right now. Alabama has 20 consecutive games of 35-plus points, uh, and this year's team is averaging two more points per game than than uh, any team in, in the past. Um, and I think we may have found a, a new weapon on Saturday in, in Jaleel Billingsley. Uh, you think back to what position has hurt Alabama a little bit, uh, and I think should be Alabama's fans' biggest concern moving forward. D.C. is a tight end position with us having to face Florida and Pitts. Um, but did Alabama potentially find uh, another added weapon in Jaleel Billingsley? Well, I think they, I think they did. I talked about it on my podcast yesterday. With, uh, one of the one of the bright spots in this game was, unfortunately, Miller Forstall couldn't go and. Uh, Jaleel Billington gets the call. He hadn't been he's been in game, but hadn't been a focal point. And there you see him running free uh, in the gap uh, between the corner and the safety, uh, much like O.J. Howard did against Clemson. He was he was wide open a couple of times and really had some good hands. Caught the ball well, ran well after the catch. Uh, so I think we've got an opportunity, and he blocked well too when he when he had an opportunity uh, to be in the jumbo package. So uh, I think he has the opportunity to really really. Uh, be a, a player that gives us that one or two plays, big plays that we need, either on third down plays or touchdown plays in these big games that are coming up. So I, I think it's really a added weapon that other teams are going to have to prepare for. Nothing against Forstall. He's a great uh, tight end. But I think uh, Billingsley gives us that speed and athletic uh, length that we need to catch and contend for some of those 50-50 balls in the seams and the crossing route. So I, I think he really does, does a good job. Yeah, I think that, um, and like you said, no slight to Miller Forstall. I think Miller has been really, really good this year. Uh, if he could just stay healthy, uh, I think he, he gets even better as the season goes along. A little disappointed in, in Tucker and what he's been able to do, um, you know, pretty much, I guess, the fourth guy because uh, he's really not a part of the passing game at, at all. And then – when we go to the big package, he you know he comes in um, at sometimes, but I think overall Jaleel Billingsley uh, gives us a different type of weapon. Uh, to me, he's a lot like, uh, even though he's a tight end, I think he gives us uh, some of what Auburn has in Seth Williams. They're probably about the same size uh, <laughs> in terms of just how big he is. He's a really, really small tight end. He's only 6'4", about 230, if he weighs that much. But uh, he is a matchup uh, nightmare, I-, I think, for most linebackers. And then he's too big for most DBs. So uh, I think that's huge. I think that'll be something that we'll use down the road. Uh, and-, and Sark and then will work him in even more. Another big thing that happened in that game uh, Saturday, D.C., I had someone ask me, why they didn't say why they asked this, but I think I know why they asked me why was Devonte Smith in catching punts at the end of uh, in in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, first of all, uh, he looked like a natural, uh, Devonte Smith. What are your thoughts and comments uh, in terms of Devonte? And answer that listener that was asking that question: Why was he in uh, in in the second half of catching punts? 
Well, I can tell you why he was in. He was the next man up. Slade Bolden goes down. He's the next man up. So he's naturally the guy that's going to go in. And, and the Devontae Smith uh, probably should be the first option at uh, at uh, running back kicks. We saw what he did when he got the ball. I mean, he's a natural when he runs the ball. I know what this listener, what this caller is getting at. Getting at you know what happened to Jalen Waddle, but injuries are a part of the game, and you can't play the game thinking you're going to get injured. Uh, he he came in when we needed it. And and fill the gap that uh, when Bolden hurt his ankle, so I look for him to. And I spoke to him on my podcast. I look for him to probably be the first option at uh, catching punts and uh, in in the game uh, against Auburn because I think he could be a difference maker uh, in the first half on, on some punt returns, set us up for a really good field position. So look for him to play more. And I know the caller is talking about you know you don't want to ruin your uh, star getting hurt, but you know you don't play a game that way. He's the next man up. That's what he knew he's in the game. Yeah, Nick Saban, first of all, has said, I don't coach afraid. I don't coach as if a player could get hurt because a player could get hurt any play, any time, and you just don't coach that way, number one. And hopefully if a coach coaches that way, players play that way, and players get hurt when they play nervous or afraid or concerned with getting hurt. Number two is you you are way ahead, okay, and and your guy goes down. At that point, Nick Saban doesn't know if Slade Bolton's going to be back or not, right? Right. So, so, so Devontae Smith was not playing a punt returner to 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 do something against Kentucky. Nick Saban was getting the next man up, as you called him, uh, DC, getting him ready for this week's game. If Devontae Smith has to go. And how, how how deep do you go on punt return? Is there a guy behind Devontae Smith? Probably. Uh, but what sense would it have made to get that guy reps if he wasn't going to be the guy returning punts this this upcoming week when Devontae had only got a couple reps? So and a, I think and the guy that, behind that, Devontae Smith yeah. is going to be uh, probably a freshman, Javon Baker, maybe Xavier Williams, who hasn't really returned any kicks all year. Uh, and it's critical. It's a critical thing in a close game. You don't want somebody catching their first punt uh, <laughs> in a game that's a critical game. That's the time he's the next man. Unless you bring him in, you let him catch the punt, uh, you let him run it back, give him a game time experience so he's ready for the next game. That's what you're thinking. You don't know when Slade Bolton's coming back. So I agree with the call. I think it was good. Uh, I think Devontae Smith enjoyed it. I think he loves running the ball like that. <laughs> he, he looked like a natural, so he almost took it all the way back. Uh, and, real quick. and also, Martin, you can't worry about injuries. You think about it, you can get injured doing anything. If you just ask Tennessee, they get injured just walking to the line of scrimmage and fell down. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I I probably had some of my worst ankle injuries stepping off of curbs. So, yeah, that's right. uh, <laughs> Thinking that that curb was a little bit lower than what it was and that extra inch and a half. <laughs> no, no uh, just, just not being funny, but uh, seriously, uh, have, have – twisted an ankle or two stepping off of a curb. I'm sure some others can relate to that. DC, uh, real quick, when you look at uh, Devontae Smith and what he was able to do in this game, um, how, how special is that young man from a receiver standpoint? I think he's special. I think he's a generational talent. I'll come out and say that, and I said this earlier on your show several weeks back, uh, but I'll just go ahead and, and go out on a limb here. I think by the time this season's over with, Devontae Smith will be in the conversation as the best wide receiver to ever come out of the University of Alabama. And I know we've had some great ones. I know that's a mouthful. But his decision to come back has helped him not only build his stats, but 
I'm talking about build his reputation for the for the next level. He's making he's making him some uh, good uh, value points with NFL scouts the way he's playing in these games. And uh, I mean, uh, and, and give credit, you know, Bryce Young and and uh, Mac Jones made some great throws. They threaded the needle there a couple of times. There wasn't any window. It was like a porthole there to throw the ball through. But but Devontae Smith was was money every time they got him the ball. And so I'm, I'm, I just think that he is your quarterback's best, best friend anywhere on the field. Uh, if you see him open, get him the ball, and, and that's the kind of player you want in the NFL. Yeah, and and he just made some extra money when he returned that punt. I said, "Oh, cha-ching!" <laughs> As sure. he was re- returning it back because uh, in the NFL, uh, we see what the returns uh, will do. And then one other quick thing: uh, we see the poor guy from Kentucky. You don't really think about it until they mess up. Um, but special teams will make you money or cost you money. Uh, was that one of the – I don't know if – was that guy the normal punter? That's what I – all I could think was he must be the normal snapper on the punt. Uh, or that's what he does because he snapped that ball about 20 yards over over the uh, uh, extra point guys. That was one of my ugly moments of the game. But, hey, yeah, fortunately, Alabama – too that the holder had never held before in a real live game. It was his first time running out there and hold in a game, uh, and, the, and the snapper did snap it high. Uh, but a good holder would have gotten that and handled it. And you, you saw the kick that went right wide right. Uh, the holder again caught it uh, and couldn't get it down, couldn't turn the ball seam. So when you talk about holding uh, on a on a kick, uh, you know when you, when I looked at Alabama. Late in the game, when we got a perfect record on PATs and, and going on, uh, Will Reichard is out there to kick, but you bring in a backup holder. Why do you do that? You do that so that that backup holder gets reps in a game. Uh, so it's not the first time when they have to come in for someone who's injured to, to, to hold on the ball. So, I mean, it's important. Everything you do in football, and I think that's why, that's why Nick Saban is uh, the process-oriented, attention to detail, uh, everybody, every, everything has a plan. When you see it go awry on the other team, you, you wonder, you know, hey, nobody thinks about the holder. Yeah, that holder needs reps in a live game as well. Yeah. All right. Come back on the other side. We'll get to the Auburn Tigers. What your keys to victory are for uh, Alabama and what Auburn must do if they're going to win. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsville Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks, but we're starting to see congestion on McFarland in Northport at US 43 and Alabama 69. Minor slowdown on 69 at Union Chapel. If you see other conditions, give us a call. You don't have to wait until Black Friday to save thousands on a new Nissan. Get them today at Townsend Nissan, your hometown dealer. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. The spike in COVID-19 cases filling up hospitals across the state now being reflected in the number of virus cases treated at DCH 81, up from 64 yesterday. State Health Officer Dr. Scott Harris urging Alabamians to social distance over Thanksgiving and not be responsible for infecting family members and friends with the coronavirus. Carroll's Creek volunteer and Tuscaloosa firefighters on the scene of a residential fire in a mobile home on Bone Camp Road in North Tuscaloosa County. No injuries reported. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbor's, 
then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LL Mission. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Are you in the holiday spirit? Check out Tuscaloosa's Home for the Holidays on Nick 97.5. All Christmas songs 24-7. Capstone Report, DC, before we do that, tell them real quick where they can find you. Well, you can find me at dccapstonereport.com or DC Capstone Report Facebook page. Like us still on the Facebook page, you'll get our podcast each and every week. We try to have it up by Tuesday. Uh, we have uh, uh, Twitter at davidcott 50 and always check out Lance's, uh, Lance Shorge's sites, RollTideAlabama.com and FreelancePictures.com for some great Alabama content. What's the keys to victory for the Alabama Crimson Tide over this Auburn Tigers team? Well, the key to victory at Alabama is the same as it was last year. Limit turnovers and mistakes. If we can limit our turnovers and mistakes, uh, play mistake-free football, I don't think there's any way that Auburn can beat uh, Alabama in this game. Can Auburn? Can this Auburn offense score with this Alabama offense? I think Alabama Auburn's offense is going to score some points. I don't think it's going to keep up with this Alabama offense. This is... This is one of the best offense I've ever seen. We're far removed from the 2009 days of 6-3 game. How, how excited and anxious is Mac Jones right now to I get back? He is so excited to get back on the field and redeem himself from last year's two pick sixes that pretty much uh, lost that game for us. So I think he's excited. Uh, I think you might see him throw the ball a little high the first series, but based on his excitement, <laughs> drilling throwing. I just hope he doesn't press. He seemed like he pressed a little bit more than typical last week. Maybe the Heisman pressure got him a little bit early, but uh, looking for Mac Jones to have a have a big game. What can Auburn do to win? Um, uh, uh, of course, you know we probably say turnovers, but anything else they can do other than and turning the ball over? Yeah, I think if we if uh, Auburn comes out and uh, we. Collapse. We we don't we don't play a great game on defense, and they take advantage of that and get Alabama down. Uh, I think they have a chance. Auburn is the luckiest team in America, so I, I think that they have a chance. Always have a chance to win the game. <laughs> uh, I, one thing I throw out there to watch for: uh, Alabama has the worst kickoff um, in in the country. I mean, in the SEC, we're 79th overall, just over 60.3 yards which means the ball is not making it to the end zone on a regular basis. Georgia hurt us with that quite often had short fields. Uh, and Auburn is number three in the SEC. So look for uh, that potentially to be a way for Auburn uh, to help their offense and get back into the game or have a chance to make the game interesting early. 
DC, what else you got? Uh, any any other comments on this Alabama Auburn game? Before yeah, you give I think us your if picks? you look at this game, uh, one person to watch for, I believe, is Slade Bowling is still slow to not be able to play. I think look for Javon Baker to make a couple of plays in this game. We haven't seen him all year with the ball in his hand, and I think this is the game he makes some big plays. Yeah, he's a good-looking wide receiver and gives us something a little different out there. What you got for the score, D.C.? Well, I got Auburn scoring some points, but Alabama winning going away, 52-27. 52-27. I hope they don't get there. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's D.C., D.C. Capstone Report. You can find him at David Cott 50 Thanks, uh, D.C., and uh, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll catch you on next Tuesday. Thank you, Martin. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and all the Martin Houston Show family. And roll tight. Roll tight. Hey, remember this. Trust in the Lord always. Lean not your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And on behalf of Joe Gaither, Tide 109, the Martin Houston Show, we want to wish you a blessed, happy Thanksgiving. And remember, enjoy family. Safe, be COVID safe, and COVID smart. And have a blessed day in Jesus' name. Hold tight and happy Thanksgiving.